You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's get you set for Wild Card Weekend with a great friend of the program, Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. Nick, let's start with this long, detailed report, ESPN the magazine, with their allegations of friction within the Patriot organization. You played in the AFC East, matched up against New England twice a year. Could you envision a scenario in which Bill Belichick actually coaches anywhere else but New England to close out his career? No, not, not, not at all. Uh, I really couldn't see that. And here's the part that drives me crazy with the situation that we're hearing about with the Patriots. It becomes a story because of the New England Patriots. They've been in the media, especially over the past couple of years. One, because they, they win all the time and they have five rings. Also, we had the issue with the deflate gate situation of Tom Brady that extended over two, two summers. So to me, uh, a lot of it I, I look at it as being here are individuals looking in from the outside trying to find a way to kind of uh, uh, break this team up. And the one thing you have to understand about the New England Patriots, we always hear about the Patriots' way, and we always try to figure out, well, what, what does that really mean? That means when you come, no matter where you came from, you come and you conform to what's going on. And it's been well documented that Bill runs a tight ship. When you come in, all social media stops. Interviews, you don't leak any situation that's happening or, or, or disruptions in a locker room. You don't talk about it in the media. That's why it's always tight, tight lip. And he's famous for you know moving on to Cincinnati. You know, so to me, I am not shocked about the situation. But also, and Cordell can definitely speak to this, and we all can. We have members in our family who, you know, they are family members, and we socialize with them because they are family members, but we don't always get along. So to say that anyone is expecting that Camelot, and that's what I'm calling the Patriots, Camelot, that everyone's always going to get along, that's a fallacy. It doesn't happen in NFL locker rooms. You work with guys because you're trying to win games. You're trying to win championships. I don't have to like you. We don't have to go together with a, a date, double dates or dinner parties. That's not going to happen. So to me, yes, Tom and Bill have had their disagreements. Absolutely. Especially when a coach continues to call you out every year in front of everyone. I've seen this movie before. It played out several, several years when I played with the New York Jets and Bill Parcells, who Bill Belichick coached under, was there. It was kind of the same type of philosophy. So to me, everyone's worrying about making a big deal out of nothing. Well, I, 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 how can I say this to you, Nick? Because I, I think there's a level of validity there when you – when you break down Bill Belichick, obviously being the one that's been making a lot of decisions there in New England, okay? So now you have Mr. Kraft who says, we got to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. You have Tom Brady who's saying he wants to be here until he's 45. So now Tom Brady has basically claimed his spot. And so now since you get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, knowing that if something happens with Jacoby Brissett being gone, something happens to Tom Brady, where do we go? And then Alex Guerrero gets ran out of town for what reason? I think it's every bit of the reason. It's almost like you you hit me, I'm going to hit you back because they got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's when we saw Bill Belichick come in to say Alex Guerrero has to leave because now you have me stuck with nothing but with Tom Brady, who we know is not any young, is no younger than what he was obviously last year. He's getting older. And what do I do moving forward? Now my hands are tied. What do you want me to do? So I think that's why the back and forth, and I think there is some validity to everything that's taking place there in New England, which we normally don't hear because they keep everything so hush-hush. But I think that's why there's some validity there. Well, well Cordell, there, there is a, a little uh, validity to that. You know, when you have run a tight ship and you 
make all the decisions, and coaches and players, they know when they come in, this is what you're going to make. This is what we expect out of you. This is how many hours you're going to have to work. That's part of being the Patriots way. So we know there is some validity there, but a large part of it is, you know, talking about Tom Brady and the TB12 and his trainer having access to so many different players. You know this as well as I know. You know, a lot of players for years, they never felt as though uh, the medical staff was always on their side. They always felt as though it was kind of an us-against-them type of mentality because it's always the organization first, the players second. So with that in mind and the introduction of the TB12, there was a lot of players who looked up to Tom and they had an opportunity to actually maybe do rehab, train at this facility, and you know every organization, they have a medical staff in place to treat players because they want to know first. But a lot of players, and we talked about it when I, when I filled in for you, look at, look at Andrew Luck going overseas to get treatment because, well, did he trust the guys in Indy to really take care of him? So to me, I think that was something else that kind of drove a wedge in that relationship, Bill being you know, really close to the organization, being team, team first, not individually based, and that is something that has caused a rift in that, in that relationship. But understand this, all three men, all three men, Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady, they know what's at stake. And it's about the brass ring, and they're trying to go get another Super Bowl. Taking around the league with Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. Nick, what do you make of the monster contract John Gruden set to receive as he's officially introduced on Tuesday as the new head coach of the Raiders, according to reports? Ten years, $100 million. Good for Gruden. No need for a bake sale. But do you have any degree of skepticism he can duplicate the magic he had the first time when he was on the sideline in the San Francisco Bay Area? Well, the one thing that's working for him, B-Webb, is that he has uh, a young quarterback to groom, and and that is Derek Carr. And if uh, all the reports are correct, his former quarterback that took him to the Super Bowl, Rich Gannon, will end up being his quarterback coach. So now he has a better roster. For me, when you look at that, that roster that eventually went to the Super Bowl, because those guys on that roster, they were in the twilight hour of their career. He's got some great talent on this Oakland Raiders roster, and all they need is a little fine-tuning here and there and a little more discipline. He's going to bring that, but also he brings with it, it it's kind of a, a culture. You know, Marshawn Lynch was signed because – they needed someone to fire up the fan base. He, he was homegrown. But now, if you couple Marshawn with the attitude of John Gruden, now we have something bigger on our hands because this team is moving to Las Vegas. You need to sell tickets, and you need someone to sell tickets. But for a contract, I, you know, I don't believe I've ever heard a coach receiving a contract, you know, a 10-year contract worth $100 million. You know, I know Jimbo Fisher got something like that, something similar to that, uh, with Texas A&M, but I've never heard of that in the NFL. But this is something that Mark Davis felt as though this is the move that the team really needs to make, but we have to wait to see if it really pans out because, you know, the fact of saying, well, part of the contract is uh, John, uh, John Gruden getting a little stake in the ownership. What happens if the team starts to underperform? Will, will he decide to fire himself or leave himself of his duty, ask himself to take a pay cut? We don't know, but that's going to be very interesting. But this propels... Uh, the Oakland Raiders, you know, up into that, that spotlight where Al Davis made it famous. Even bad publicity is good publicity, so we have to see how this is going to pan out for the Raiders. 
And branding for this Raiders team, I, I think this is phenomenal as they move forward to Las Vegas, Nevada, because he's probably one of the most liked coach, liked coaches, uh, coach in Oakland Raiders history. But let's just look out through this this playoff, uh, this scenario here. We have the Saints playing against Carolina for the third time. Uh, a Buffalo, they come in, you know, kind of moonwalking into the playoffs with their backs turned in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles. And you know what's going on with Atlanta and also the L.A. Rams and Kansas City and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Tennessee not having DeMarco Murray. Give me one of the most intriguing games of the four. Well, for me, it is the Atlanta at uh, the Rams because uh, the, the reason that's the biggest story, and I feel that there's more pressure on Atlanta and Matt Ryan than it is on anyone else in the playoffs, and especially Sean McVay and, and Jared Goff, is because this is a team that is saying that at the beginning of the season they turned the page from the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl that was really historic because they just squandered a big lead with eight minutes and 33 seconds in the fourth quarter to the New England Patriots. So they're trying to put that in the past. And there's an immense amount of pressure because Matt Ryan over the past couple of weeks in the five-game breakdown, four touchdowns and four interceptions. That's not great for a guy a year ago that was the MVP of the league. So they have an uh, enormous amount of pressure on their shoulders because they come out and they lose to a young, unbecoming Ram team in Jerry Goff. Now we're saying, have we seen the changing of the guards and the NFC as a conference as a whole? So for, for me, that, that's the most intriguing game of the games this weekend that I definitely want to see, see if Sean McVay and this young team can actually elevate their game to the next level and take that next step. But so much pressure on Matt Ryan and Atlanta Falcons right now. Nick Ferguson, former NFL safety, is our guest. Brian Weber, Cordell Stewart with you. It's NFL No Huddle on the NFL on TuneIn. Nick, it's going to be a monumental challenge for the Titans to win on the road in Kansas City tomorrow. No DeMarco Murray, as was the case in the regular season finale, when they defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars. So when the Titans season ends, could be as soon as tomorrow night. Do you think Mike Malarkey is going to keep his coaching job in Tennessee? You know what, B-Web, that's hard to determine because it, what we've seen over the past couple of weeks, ownership changed their minds uh, as, as quickly as a donut box in a windstorm. So we really don't know. They can say, well, since Malarkey kind of backed into the playoffs, we, we were trying to get there as a Tennessee Titans organization, knowing as though we're on the cusp. So maybe keeping Malarkey and his coaching staff intact Maybe that may be something in 2018 we can move forward and help with the maturation process of Marcus Mariota, who at the beginning of the season rarely turned the ball over, but as of late, you know, he's been a turnover machine. So sometimes when, you know, a team may lose, there's always a knee-jerk reaction. We have to go and, you know, get rid of all the coaches and have a clean slate. But this is one of those situations where you got a good thing going. You have a quarterback who shows that he has the ability, but we need to keep the consistency with the coaching staff and make some personnel moves. So, you know, I don't believe that they're going to do it, but right now we never know, especially if we're talking about a very emotional ownership who's looking to make some changes and what they're looking within the division. Nick, you, you know, I had a question for you, uh, but you gave me a knee-jerk reaction. What is this donut and a what? <laughs> what is a donut box in a windstorm, you know? It's blowing, blowing all over the place. You have Whoa, no idea man, where you, it's you, going. You, you, you really did a good one on that one uh, with me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, in all seriousness, let me get back on track because I did have a knee-jerk moment there. Um, yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, you know, again, 
and, and I'm going to sarcastically say it, but I'm going to be real serious with you two guys. You guys, of course, have been riding with the Jaguars over Brian T. said for the last 10 years. Uh, you, of course, last year. Yeah. Uh, but right now, they are. this is real life now. It, it's no more you know, wishful thinking because it's the worst team in the National Football League or in the AFC or in their division, however you want to preface it. But this team really is, I think, one of the scariest teams throughout these playoff games. And I think the only question mark you have is Blake Bortles, but he's proven that there's a stretch of games. Before these last two games, they end up losing. Well, he threw five interceptions. He also gone three games. He won three games with throwing seven touchdowns and no interceptions, averaging 35 points a game. Does this you know, team Cordell, truly have an opportunity to win? It's like mystery meat. You put it in aluminum foil, you stick it in the back of the refrigerator, you come back two months later, you don't know what it is, right? Mm. That, that, that's the best way to describe Blake Bortles because, you know, like you said, week to week, he's he changed. And this team, you know, is well, and they win games and have an opportunity to win games when he's not turning the ball over. So for him, it's got to be ball security. If the throw isn't there, take the check down, throw it away, eat, take the sack, eat that down, live to play another down. But what you cannot do, you can't throw ill-advised throws. You can't really do that. And to me, with Blake Bortles, get him outside on the pocket. Do something a little different that other teams really haven't seen. You know, give him those easy throws. And you know that as a quarterback, you got to get out there and establish a rhythm. But to me, lean on your run game and play defense. And, yes, this team hasn't played well in this last two weeks. This is the game right now they need to elevate their level of play. And I'm sure Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone has emphasized the fact that we fought so long over the years to get to this point. Let's not be a one-and-done. Definitely, let's not do it against a Buffalo team. As though you said, they moonwalked them, them, themselves back into the playoffs after not seeing the playoffs since 1999. No Shady McCoy. And if he does play, notice, though, he has an ankle injury. I'm not saying that you intentionally go out there and injure anyone. I'm not saying that. But on the injury report, it is already telling he has a bad ankle. So when you're a defender, you're, offense, you're a defensive lineman, you may even just grab at his lower body, see if he can actually stand up, see if he can sustain that for 60 minutes. Because I know as a guy that's had an injury before with an ankle, it makes lateral movement really, really difficult. And Shady McCoy is one of those guys who really depend on lateral movement to be successful. So that, that's going to be interesting. But I'm still rolling with the Jags. I don't know about B-Webb, oh, yeah. but I'm, I'm still all rolling with the Jags. I'm all in. Because remember, I said five years ago, one of these years, oh, I didn't geez. say which year in particular, <laughs> one you of these like that, years right? the Jaguars you were going Nick. to the promised land. <laughs> and this is the, the, hey, this is the year. They're, they're, they're in the playoffs, but we have to see if they can carry it through. No turnovers by Blake Bortles. They have a chance. Nick, tremendous information as always. You are far sturdier than our new favorite metaphor, a donut box in a windstorm. Mm. What are you doing on Sunday? Do you want me to come over to your house and yell for seven hours and scare your kids? You got a yeah, whole yeah, day off, partner, after 17 like, weeks hey, with me. What's going on with this guy? 17 weeks, pal. 17 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Enjoy your All weekend. Right, take care, guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.